Season 5, Episode 272, The Range Master. Today we feature Kilo Sierra back again and Alpha Alpha. So you're getting three firearms instructors. Two are our co-host. I am your host, Alpha Mike, and I am transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet of altitude. Today we're going to go down range where our two co-hosts will discuss their experience on being a range master. How do you get in contact with us? It's easy, RaiderCop.com. The audio portion of our website, you can hear all our episodes from number one to number 272 and beyond. And RaiderCopNation.com, the official website where you can get more information on us. Our platform for 2022 has changed. It's every Wednesday. Here's the lineup. We'll go through this one more time. Just as a refresher, we will have our podcast every Wednesday. They'll get lifted. We have the, the first week of the month, we will feature the Wise Guy series. Now, the Wise Guys series is very popular. 2022, we're going to dive into the Genovese crime family as we have in episode 271. And we're going to explore for, what is it, 50? I believe it's going to be ended on 51 shows. We're going to talk about the uh, Genovese crime family and in part together with the Lucchese crime family because there's where we left off so we're going to kind of talk about both of them for the remainder of the year. Now we might throw in uh, some other criminal element but for the most part it'll be the Genovese crime family for the 2022 year or season 5. Then we head into the gun series. Today we feature the Range Master with Kilo Sierra and Alpha Alpha. We will kind of alternate between co-hosts, hopefully. We have uh, those opportunities where we can all come out and shoot around and have a, a nice little talk session on guns or training uh, with all our co-hosts. But, of course, that's sometimes difficult because of scheduling. But for the most part, we will come out on the second Wednesday of the month and talk about guns. The third portion of the month is going to be dedicated to that of the roll call series. Basically, the day-to-day operations of law enforcement. We haven't forgot that. 2022, we're looking to have at least uh, four or five interviews with people that we're going to invite. But for the most part, the third Wednesday, we'll discuss topics such as roll call, day-to-day operations of law enforcement, training, whatever training segment we can come out of, and thinking out of the box segment, which is Outside the norm of what maybe departments do, a little uh, thinking out of the box on that. 
And we're also going to discuss in week four the Buccaneer series, which is mostly deals with politics. And I've already stated, why do we deal with politics? Because politics is dealing with us. And of course, the last Sunday of the month, we will broadcast Test Everything 1521, the Word of God. It will be an inspirational uh, episode for you because, as I've always said, if you're not walking with the Most High, then you're falling short. So that's going to be our lineup for Season 5 2022 every Wednesday. And I thank you wholeheartedly for jumping on board with us and and really becoming a part of Raider Cop Podcast. You know, I'm always very proud when we can get our co-host to come on here. Today, I'm featuring both. The Rangemaster episode is going to deal with these experiences they have. Now, there's a big difference in training in firearms at your maybe local community range where you're not even allowed to probably shoot from the holstered position. There's so many rules in community ranges that basically what you're doing is just picking up the gun from a standing ta- uh, table position in front of you, your target's down range, you're literally just picking up the gun, bringing it up to high level and shooting. So there's a lot of elements of training that you cannot do in your community range, and this is why we're always talking about that type of training that you need. Shooting at a silhouette is good, but it's not training. It, it kind of helps you to make you consistent in your elements of shooting, side picture, side alignment, trigger control, grip, and so forth. But most of it is so limited in that type of training environment that it becomes difficult. But our co-hosts are going to discuss how they train. See, they have control of their ranges. They're the range master. So their curriculum is the order of the day. So you'll be shooting from a holstered position, moving position, kneeling position, uh, crouch position, whatever you can think of, most of their training will involve those evolutions, and it's important um, to, to receive that type of training. So we are blessed to have Kilo Sierra and Alpha Alpha here with us today. But before we get to that, let's go to the word of the week. This is a segment that we've always had with us, the Word of God, because as I have always said, without God in your team or on your team, it is very difficult to succeed. Today we feature the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God gives us the gift. So imagine that, becoming a sinner, the wages of that sin is sure death. But God gives us the gift of eternal life, and that is 
recognizing you're a sinner and being of repented of heart, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get gift-wrapped life eternally. Today's episode 272, the season is season five, and we are talking to the Range Masters. I came up with a list of questions for today's episode, and, you know, they're going to kind of give us their experiences. I never had that experience. I worked under a range master. So, as I might have said, I don't have the experience of a range master as an instructor, yes. The difference is that the range master is controlling the curriculum and the entire range. And so, having them uh, discuss that today is going to be instrumental. I'm a believer in training at uh, the beginner rate by giving an, a reasonable expectation to that beginner of your level of expectation. Of course, I, to have the beginner start shooting as a marksman, they wouldn't need you. So you have to have some realistic goals for that beginner. They've taken, the beginner has taken the challenge on. The courage of purchasing a weapon or considering purchasing a weapon, but they know that the most important ingredient is training. They've chosen you. They're here in front of you today, and you're going to have to teach them at the best of your ability. But teaching a beginner is a process of building up their morale, building up their confidence level, but also accenting and showing them their errors so they can be corrected. So sometimes it's um, a little difficult. We're going to discuss the difference between male shooters and female shooters, the expectations they have of a beginner. Uh, Some of the things that really kind of quirks them whenever they deal with a, a beginner or their pet peeves on exactly how they might um, deal with a beginner, not in a negative sense, but there are challenges. Uh, Ratios that they might have between instructor and student and why. And of course, safety protocols, because safety protocols are very, very important. Never point on the muzzle of a gun. Never have your finger on the trigger if you don't intend to shoot it. Those are very important, but uh, our co-hosts will go through a lot of other uh, very important safety measures that they always put before them. So we're looking at an interesting season five with guns, and I'm not going to hold it up any longer because I'm eager to get our co-host Kilo Sierra back from the movie Tarmac and off the comedy stage onto our studios together with the one and only the illustrious Alpha Alpha from South Florida, specifically Miami, where the bling bling is always present. They're here with us today in our studios, and it's time to bring on our co-host.
gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the main event. The season is season five, episode 272, The Range Master, and we are blessed to have Kilo Sierra and Alpha Alpha. Welcome to the studios, my friends. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's always an honor and a pleasure to have you guys here. The As uh, Mike Sierra used to say, it's time to spit out some knowledge, and that's what you guys have plenty of. I've got very little experience when it comes to range master, law enforcement, um, firearms instructor, but I was under a range master in my experience. But you, both of you guys have really done the range master protocol. And it's important because when you, you're clicking into learning for the first time how to shoot a weapon, you want to make sure that your instructor is well-rounded. So we'll start off with Let's start off with Kilo Sierra, and we'll talk, tell us a little bit about your background as a firearms instructor and, of course, a range master. Sure, sure. Yeah, I became an NRA um, training counselor back in 2007 and subsequently became a range master in 2008 uh, for my department. So in New Jersey, I don't know how it works in other states where um, you have to to have X amount of hours as a firearms instructor for your department before you qualify to even attempt to apply for a range master status. And then an academy has to endorse you to become range master. So I went through all that and um, I became range master back in 2008 in New Jersey. My department, I used to work for New Jersey parole. Um, it was a very interesting uh, dynamic because it was the first time where I actually became part of the system and it was really important to not only assess the, the level of proficiency with the students, but I also had to monitor the level of proficiency with my instructors. So it was a, it was a different dynamic there where I had to make sure that my instructors knew what they were doing when they were training the students. And um, because of my experience, I was able to do that. And, and it's, it's amazing the different level of... Uh, of students you get, like, for example, first day of firearms training in the classroom, I would ask all my students, okay, who here has shot a gun before? And I would get maybe two or three hands, and I would tell them as a joke, okay, you guys are going to be the biggest pains on my butts because you all <laughs> learned the bad habits from so-and-so and grandpa and whatever. So now i got to deprogram you and then reprogram you, and they all, they all laugh and all that. So uh, that was my, my experience with that. Always, always. And that was actually true. So in, in New Jersey, we have a week of firearms training. And for those that fail at the end of the week, we have to, over the weekend, have to practice and come back that subsequent Monday to subsequently try to qualify. So we have a set structure in um, how to uh, qualify on, on you know, recruits. And it was a very interesting mix to see how many recruits uh, um, knew, you know, could learn and absorb what we were teaching them and how many recruits it took um, for it to get it. Now, here's the thing that makes me laugh all the time. The, um, regarding the recruits that barely passed, okay, you know, there's always a, there's a certain recruits that barely pass, and they just make it, and you're like, okay, great. Now, you would think 
that you just barely passed. So when you come see me again to qualify, when you are a full-fledged officer in six months from now, that you would go practice. No. Of course not. They were the same people that barely passed every six months. Yeah. And, and, and we would try and try and try and try to work with them. And uh, we even had a, a, a range day where I would offer free ammo and free time and approved by the captains and lieutenants for those individuals that were problem shooters. And we all knew, hey, no harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. But as long as you tried to train, as long as you tried to do better, I respected that. So we had free ammo and free range training for those individuals. Of course, they never showed up. No, too easy. Guess who showed up? The gun nuts like me. <laughs> free right. ammo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, really? So it, it is scary. It, I know, I know. It I know, is scary. It was, yeah, it is, it is, it is. Now, now it is. talking about scary... Uh, I, I can. I'm, I'm going to talk to Alpha Alpha. Mm -hmm, when sure. Kilo Sierra said, "I don't know about you guys, but here in New Jersey, I got scared." <laughs> <laughs> he was going into New Jersey. I mean, this is like, oh my gosh, territory. You know, <laughs> my hair started standing up. <laughs> the gun world is outraged. <laughs> We're going into New Jersey. <laughs> so let. Let's let's go into Florida where it's a little bit more saner for gun people. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, so so thanks, and so so my background it's it's uh it parallels uh a little bit uh, Kilo Sierras, but uh it's, it's a little different. So we both have a, a law enforcement path. Um, you know, the correction officer. I was also uh, went through all the the uh, the advanced training. I went uh, through uh, SRT or, or, or SWAT school, where I got exposed to some some pretty sophisticated uh, training with both handguns and 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 the MP5 submachine guns, uh, rifles, etc. I did CQB training, but it was more from the standpoint of a practitioner. I also got my defensive tactics uh, ITW, so my uh, uh, instructor certification. Um, so, so I wasn't formally, you know, in the in the in the range staff when I was in the department. So I was more of of kind of like like the the guy that you described. Hey, free ammo, sure, I'm there. I mean, I'll pick up cigar <laughs> cigar butts. I'll do whatever you want if if, uh, if you know if you let me carry one of those you know five thousand rounds of uh, of of nine and let me go blast away. So so more along those lines. Although on on the broader sense, um, you know, I had a background in 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 instruction. So I certified in, in a number of different teaching methods. I went through, uh, I wasn't, I was not in the army, but I went through the army's uh, drill instructor school for a, uh, a special program, a boot camp program with Miami Dade. And that was very valuable training for the future in terms of uh, being able to teach folks, you know, the by the numbers method, the talk through method. So, so a lot of that I was able to, to carry over. Uh, the bridge, right? So I'll do a bridge because it's a kind of a unique transition. I actually, you know, earn my living in financial services. So I'm a middle market banker, and I've been in middle market banking, you know, for almost a decade now. Um, and then prior to that, in other capacities, I was a branch manager. And we actually were robbed twice. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> wow! So. so uh, um, so I had, a, I had a different perspective. Uh, I can't really go into what the outcome would have been if things went bad, but I could tell you that uh, uh, they wouldn't have been as bad as as, as people thought. Uh, you know, we have money to give these folks, and 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 we comply right away. So right. no no big issues. Um, from a formalized instructor perspective, um, 
I got my NRA uh, instructor certification probably about three years ago, um, and and my range master, range safety officer certs probably about a year a year later. Um, the motivation for me was, you know, I work in the business world. Uh, yeah, I'm a banker. I work with a lot of professionals. Uh, there's a lot of angst around guns, and I thought, hey. I'm already, you know, any chance I get, somebody wants to learn how to shoot and I would take them on my own. A lot of times, my dime, my ammo. Uh, and I said, why don't I formalize this um, process where where I can I can tap into a unique segment of, of the shoot of the new shooter world, which is what my father-in-law calls people from the inky world, right? So office people, uh, people that have never even seen a gun, and and I could be a good bridge, right? Because you know I'm from the inky world, but I'm also from you know from the uh, from the meathead you know <laughs> uh, on my hands type world. So uh, so that was part you know. Uh, you know, part of my my uh, my motivation, right? I and the way I figured it, and I am, you know, I, I never hide the fact, regardless of where I work, that you know, I am a big Second Amendment uh, uh, guy. Especially, you know, my my family came from Cuba. We know firsthand, uh, you know, the the consequences. So I said, what better what what better ambassador, uh, you know, for 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 guns than somebody like me that with the law enforcement background that kind of gives you a, a little bit of, of credibility, you know, and, and kind of an offset, right? You're not the quote unquote gun guy at the office. Oh, you're the guy that used to be a correction officer, did SWAT stuff, did whatever. And now it kind of, I almost tempers the, uh, the message to some degree. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say, um, and when I did the last uh, uh, podcast with uh, Alpha Mike, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm proselytizing, you know, uh, the, the gun culture, uh, but I'm proselytizing gu uh, gun culture. Mm -hmm. You know, a number of people, there's a number of people that took my class more out of curiosity that are now gun owners. I described, you know, the story of the good friend of mine, very liberal. They were very anti-gun, but for professional reasons, um, what the, uh, the, uh, one of the, you know, the, the, the wife in the, in the, uh, in the marriage is a psychologist. Uh, works, um, you know, in a in a kind of military environment, and one of the concerns was, you know, I know zero about guns. What if I if somebody would ever show up with a gun and says, "Hey, I want to, you know, I want to kill myself." I talk them out of it. I get the gun, and now I I have no idea what what to do. And then do you call the MPs and escalate things? I mean, so it was more from a practical standpoint. Well, I could say that her so her husband joined her for uh, moral support. He now is on his third gun. Uh, he bought a gun safe. He's you know all into it. He wants to start competing. Um, and, and that's, and that's kind of what, uh, you know, what drives me, right. That's kind of my, my, uh, you know, my perspective on, on, on the, uh, on the training aspect, right. As a practitioner, I love, you know, I've done the, the sheepdog, uh, uh, courses, uh, you know, I continue to invest in myself. I just got certified with, uh, um, you know, first responder training, you know, stop the bleed, uh, uh, AED first aid, everything. I want to make sure I have a ton of tourniquets when I teach my classes, but, uh, just want to make sure that, you know, I, I, I purposely use the word safety in the, uh, in the name of, of, of the company that I started because it is, it is. A, an all-encompassing safety approach, right? Where where the gun is an, an element, and 
before the uh, the the podcast started, you know, we were having a, a chat, and we both, you know, both uh, Kilo Sierra and uh, and I, you know, share something that that you know you can you can be funny, right? You can you can take it light, you know. At the same time, you have your guardrails, right, and and keep it safe uh, within the uh, within the shooting environment, within the training environment. So I think that that's something that that uh, you know holds well, right, for for the community at large. It's not. You know, it's not this, you know, you're not in boot camp. It's not a DI, you know, yelling at you. It's not this crazy. Right. And at the same time, it's not this right. shooting in the air. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a it's, a it's a, it's a formal, but still uh, in corrections, we used to have a term um, in terms of how we relate to the prisoners and it was friendly, but unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Right. So to some degree in the training class, you can be friendly, but you don't want to get familiar to the point that if you need to call someone's attention or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you, you say, "Hey, listen, let's 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 redirect yeah, uh, uh, course of action." Not sure, you know. Having having said, you know, I'm Cuban, so I probably use forty words when three would would. Go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Puerto Rican. So I do the same thing. <laughs> so so anyway, so 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 that's I'll stop there. Now now, both of my co-hosts are very modest, and they spoke about themselves modestly. I would say and their backgrounds, but they didn't even do a plug-in for their own shooting companies. And that's what I want them to do now. We'll start with Kilo Sierra. Tell us a, a, about your uh, your shooting sure. company. Sure. I own a company called Sepulveda Incorporated Firearms Training, and it's www.sepulvedainc.com. And I'm based in New Jersey. I know that scares you. <laughs> but I've actually trained in other states. I've trained for ILFE in Florida um, and, and in um, Texas. Uh, no, no, not Texas. I'm sorry. And in Mobile, Alabama. Um, okay. So I've done ILFE training. And I and ILFE actually did my uh, off-duty law enforcement officer class um, for that. Now, ALFE. Explain. ILFE, the International Association of Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors. Got it. Uh, so they have... Uh, uh, what's called the annual training conferences, the ATCs, mm-hmm. and they also have uh, local conferences throughout the year. But I was blessed enough to be an instructor for their ATC in Mobile, Alabama in 2013 and in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I taught my um, off-duty law enforcement officer class uh, in both. And it was highly regarded and I was really happy to teach it there. And that's one of the many classes I teach. So I uh, in New Jersey, I teach not only NRA classes, because I'm an NRA instructor and an NRA training counselor, but I teach non-NRA classes as well. And I was just certified by Matthew Temkin. He's one of a point shooting expert, a point shooting instructor, uh, as a point shooting instructor also. So that's the new thing I'm going to start teaching, uh, um, not only in New Jersey, but I'm going to try to actually... Uh, uh, advertise that class in other states where the index shooting and simple shooting we call point shooting system where you don't use your sights when it comes to you know one to three or five yards right. and i just got certified in doing that and i'm actually going to start to um advertise that because in my personal opinion especially being a private investigator and training security personnel and all through the law enforcement officers as well that that point shooting system is going to be probably the most applicable uh, the most relevant system because that's what's probably going to happen where it's going to be up close and personal uh, right. regarding one to three to five yards at most. And that's how most shooting, most shooting incident instances can be. Mm-hmm. It's very up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not enough training out there. You know, we, of course, the basics are extremely important. Sight, picture, trigger, press. And you have to start from the basics. 
But there's a point in time in which you have to step outside your comfort zone and shoot in, you know, unconventional shooting positions. I teach that too. You're shooting lying down from our bed. You're shooting in kneeling positions, supine prone. Um, you're shooting uh, from all types of positions, uh, moving and shooting. But point shooting is very important, in my opinion, because that's probably what's going to happen in real life situations. Right. Where it, it's it's going to be, oh my God, oh crap, oh close and personal. And you have to draw and fire and probably not even get a chance to bring the gun up to eye level. It's going to be index shooting. It's going to be a little counterintuitive where you're focusing on your threat versus focusing on the sights. But when you train properly, that's what you do anyway. You can throw a baseball at someone, okay? And it's pretty much, I use the same same analogy. You can throw a baseball at someone without sights, so you can shoot a gun without sights at that close range, that proximity, and quickly and effectively. And realize that there might be certain things that you might have to react to at that close range when you are you know, forced into that decision. Like I, I talked about that before. There might be, a, like for example, things that you'd never think about, uh, you might get blood splatter on your face. You know, we'll talk about that, you know, and these are things that you might have to go through and something that other classes won't teach because I keep it real. Mm-hmm. These are the things that might actually happen. Yeah. You might get blood splatter on your face. You might get someone in a, re- in a reaction jumping on you. You might have to drop to the ground to actually gain distance as opposed to walk backwards. You might have to drop to the supine position. So it's it's about thinking outside the box, in my personal opinion, that's, that is the next step regarding your basic firearms training. And and that's is, what I, I, I remember uh, talking to Alpha Alpha about it back in September, and we were excited uh, about this course that you just talked about, the point shooting. You know, you can never get enough training. And and your favorite line is the perpetual student. Absolutely. So when we heard this, we, we were excited about it. Alpha Alpha, tell us a little bit about your company. All right. Yep. Before I do, though, I want to I want to kind of uh, dovetail into uh, into a couple of things that uh, Aquilo Sierra said. Number one, yes, super excited and and uh, uh, more than happy to kind of help you set something up if you want to do it down here in, in absolutely, Miami. absolutely. So yes. realize realize this: I've had a, a C Camp thirty two for the last thirty something years. No sights. I cut my teeth on a Smith and Wesson Model sixty. To this day, one of my favorites. It's my. Uh, I have a six thirty eight. The airweight with the same sight. So you know about the sight. And believe it or not, except they weren't too reliable. I had one of the original Detonics that were sightless. Really? We're going back. We're going way back. Way back. When. So 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 it it you know it uh, it resonates. You know the message and and unformalized. But I've always. Uh, I have a background in, in martial arts and 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 CQB and things like that. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So 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 uh, under and I'm a, like I've done you know karate whatever, but I'm my DNA is is grappling right that uh, BJJ cool. and uh, and up close is well, a lot of times where things happen. I mean I always told my students I said if you get involved in a shootout that's at 25 meters or 25 yards. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do. I mean, the circumstances might be there, but that's a lot of distance. More than likely, and, and I listened to, I actually listened to it twice uh, The the uh, when you did the earlier podcast. You know, that is very realistic. It's going to be surprise. It's going to be fast. It's going to be a, a weird angle. Um, you know, awareness, obviously, is your number one tool, right? 
to to avoid the surprise. But it's going to be very dynamic like that, and it's going to be close. So those those elements, even though yes, trigger squeeze, side alignment, breath hold, grip, you know, the key for shooting are important. But back to your point, as a as a baseline, it's kind of like uh, you know. It's funny because I made a note here, baseball. So the way I start my classes a lot of time, I'll start with a tennis ball and I'll toss it around and, and whoever catches it has to kind of say, okay, my name is so-and-so and whatever. And then they toss it to the next person. And at the end, one of the things I bring up is how many of you aimed when you toss that there tennis you go. to the next person? I say, and you threw it right at them, right? I, I don't think, you know, I think one time we have one somebody that really... <laughs> <laughs> that made me nervous. It was like, okay, wait a second. But 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 anyway, so 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 you know, um, more more uh, more to discuss on that topic. So it's, I think it's great stuff. Uh, my my company it's um, uh, AAA Gun Safety. Uh, the website is and it's AAA uh, Gun Safety uh, dot com. You know, up to, up to now, my um, you know my my focus has been. On that beginner pool, uh, you know, I'm building. I'm 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 trying to build something uh, for the future. Like I said, I, I you know I keep the lights on uh, with my with my with my banking job. So so for me, this is a combination of a, a real passion project. My wife will tell you, uh, <laughs> especially the first few classes. You know, I bring coffee, pastelitos, the whole nine yards. I, I overdo it. <laughs> I provided the, you know I provide the ammo, etc. Um, so the focus, but the focus has been on 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 small group. Keep the class in my case because I'm dealing with absolute beginners. Uh, I keep the classes ten and under, ideally eight, and then I have an assistant. If I don't have an assistant, like over the holidays, then I keep it to four, four to one ratio, just so I can have control. Because most of my folks taking the class have zero, which is a blessing because they're much more compliant. Uh, then you know the, the 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 most dangerous person is the I know I know guy. You know I know I know I know I know. And oh, <laughs> yes. the, I, you know I'll, I'll share this one story. So so when I was in SWAT school, you know one of the things that you learn and and people have a mistaken notion. They think that it's all the like it's it's the most kind of jacked guy and whatever. No, the key element is teamwork and working together. So we had this with one guy, nice guy, but he was one of those, I know, I know, I know guys. And one morning, and this is also, you know, a big safety violation. So every morning we do inspection. And part of the inspection is you draw your firearm slides to the rear. Now you're, there's a, you're empty. There's no light rounds. We're in a training environment unless we're doing, going live and live fire training. And uh, so we're all constantly checking out with each other. You know, you want to make sure you're, 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 you have your battle buddies. And this one particular guy, and, and he's not a dummy. I mean, this guy was a, a sergeant in his department because Miami-Dade uh, SRT, they train people from all over the country, Department of Defense, whatever. So so this guy was squared away. I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a kid or, or, or a rookie. And and we say, okay, let's check. And, you know, I clear my, my, my firearm. I have my battle, battle buddy clear for me. Okay, you see it? it and hey, hey, uh, let's get, no, no, it's empty. No, man, but but let's check. No, no, it's empty. Bro, okay, and next thing you know, uh, the, uh, the the cadre, the command staff is, is, is coming for the inspection. And then, they, you know, we're all lined up and they, they go through the rigmarole and then comes the order. Um, present arms, slides to the rear, and next thing you know, you hear cluck. Oh. A live round <laughs> fell out of 
somebody's chamber. Guess I, I know you can guess whose chamber. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> so it was it was the I know I know guy. So imagine this was Ju July in one of the hottest Julys of record time in Miami in Homestead Air Force Base. There's this field that was full of how do you I don't know how you call them in English guisasos. There's these little like burrs, these little things yes. that stick to your socks that hurt yes. like hell. Yes. Well, <laughs> guess, guess, and there at this point there was like eight of us left. Guess what? Eight dummies had to roll on their side, <laughs> almost 150 yards down and 150. Oh. Yards now you're covered in dirt. These little oh. um, your your uniform's a mess, and now they did the inspection. Anyway. <laughs> So, you know, my, my chest, I'm, this was 20 years ago, and my chest is still sore from all the push-ups that we ended up doing. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I share that because tying into your story about the most dangerous guy. So in, in my case, uh, a knock on wood, I, I haven't dealt with that yet uh, in, in, in my courses because it is gear. I tell people, if you're already a shooter, your eyes are going to glaze over because I start from the nuts and bolts because I'm teaching, I'm teaching absolute uh, beginners. Now, the course that I'm developing, and I've done a few private one-on-one uh, -on -one courses um, where I go to the person's home. We go through the basics. This isn't, this isn't so, so much for the NRA certification, but this might be somebody, they bought a gun. They don't know what to do. They can't attend the course for another you know, couple of months. They're a little bit so so we go specific to their gun because if you've done the NRA course you know we cover single action revolvers double right. revolvers oh. like really get granular sometimes to, for the safety component but they don't get the NRA cert certificate now what I am developing is uh, working in 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 consort with um, with one of, actually one of my former uh, uh, SWAT instructors is an intermediate class I don't want to call it an advanced class because uh, you know I. To me, in my mind, an advanced class is is is, is advanced, right? right. So inter intermediate. Now we start getting into into what I call second and third order uh, uh, skill sets, right? Um, you know, you know, double taps, uh, Mozambique drills, uh, clearing jams, you know, failure drills, strong hand, uh, less than strong hand uh, shooting, those type of elements, um, moving off the X. So so again, we're not, you know, I always tell people. Those guys that you see on YouTube running, hitting all the steel, whatever, if you want to compare yourself to one of those guys, that's like you comparing yourself to a professional athlete. A lot of these guys, that's all they're doing all the time, and they eat, breathe, and, and, and I guarantee you that some of the times that wasn't done in one take. Right? Of course. <laughs> right? Of I course. Said, I said from a, from a practical standpoint, going back, you know, you know, to, to the martial arts background, a lot of times it's, it's the basics that gets that gets the job done, right? Is what what I just described. Um, you know, knowing how to clear a jam, you know, knowing how to get off the X, you know, uh, a quick uh, 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 target acquisition. But really, more important, I I always describe the whole kind of safety mechanism or, or self defense as a continuum, right? And and we go horizontal in that continuum, depending on our knees. One thing is, if, if you're a police officer in a high crime, uh, high contact area, right. you're going to be geared different than if you own a business in an all this an area. You want to have a gun in case you know you leave late, you get robbed. It's, 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 it's a different mindset. Now, what doesn't change 
whether you're that high speed guy in the middle of whatever city USA and you're the person that says, hey, look, I have my little business. I leave is situational awareness. Correct. That that Correct. that that doesn't change. You could be Mr. Navy SEAL, super SWAT guy. You can be Joe Blow. You know, I sell donuts in the morning. Situational awareness is that's what keeps everything going. That's right. But anyway, so so the website's AAA Gun Safety. Gives you a little background, and it's more, you know, for right now, uh, just kind of to sum it up, kind of geared toward toward that beginner, uh, uh, that beginner student. Now, I'm focusing on the beginner student, and we'll, we'll ask this question uh, to Kilo Sierra. What should a beginner expect to in in a class with you? What would be the beginner's expectation? The, the, th the first thing I would tell the beginner is that forget all the nonsense you see on TV. Okay? <laughs> forget all the nonsense you see in the movies. Okay? You can't make a bullet travel by swinging a gun. You can't do this. You can't shoot helicopters with a 380 like, like, like James Bond does. But like all the crap that they see on television, like enough, take that nonsense, throw it in the garbage, and let's start from scratch. Um, so then once I do that, what I'd like to do is, um, especially when it comes to actually live fire, I start with 22s, uh, whether it's a, a revolver or semi-automatic. I go through the basics, the grip, the stance, the side alignment. Uh, and, and me personally, uh, this is a personal thing. I prefer to use the term trigger press as a term to trigger squeeze because I'm, I'm huge on connotations. But when I, when I tell the student, okay, when, I, when you say, when, I, when you hear squeeze, because I relate to know what I do is I like to relate the known to the unknown. So I tell the student, okay, when when you hear squeeze, what does that mean to you? And they all say, oh, squeezing an orange. So I said, yeah, yeah, I know, but that's wrong because that means you're squeezing every finger. Okay, I like to use the term trigger press, and I use the analogy, okay, a water bottle, a, a spray bottle, like you're spraying plants with water. That's what you need to connotate because the only appendage moving is your trigger finger. When you use a water bottle or a spray bottle, are you squeezing the bottle? No. Are you squeezing the other? No. And they get it. You know, so so that's so little little thing, little connotations that I try to use when it comes to beginner students because they don't know anything. Or with a rifle, for example, a bolt action, I, I, I go over a, tr a trigger lock. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, a bolt lock. Okay, so uh, you close the bolt on the door, you know, the little hinge. See how that works? Yeah, well, that's how a bolt works in a bolt action. Oh, okay. And and they, they start. I like to relate the known to the unknown because th th then they understand. Uh, with a shotgun, um, I'll use the analogy. Okay, well, uh, uh, there's a Dixie cup full of marbles. And then it's like a shot put. You throw it out there and the marbles spread. Oh, I understand. So if I grab the marble cup in the, you know, in the front a little tighter, then the marbles are going to be a little tighter when they come out. So you just relate the known to the unknown because you don't. You have to understand that for a lot of beginner students, they don't know anything, and you want to deprogram them for all the nonsense that they see on television and the movies. Like, no, you're not going to fly back if you fire a 12 gauge shotgun because <laughs> for every action, equal opposite reaction, uh, things like that. And no. When you first start training security personnel, law enforcement, no, when you shoot someone, they're not going to fly back. More than likely, they're going to drop where they are if you have a lethal shot. Uh, so these are things that they don't know because they, they've seen television where you shoot someone with a shotgun or a rifle and the recipient flies back, you know, like 20 meters. They know that that's not the case. Unless you're shooting with, with, with a tank, that's not going to happen. So it's getting all these misnomers uh, out of there. And with a the beginner student with a handgun, um, I prefer 
to start him out with a 22 semi-automatic and then do the 22 revolver because most revolvers have a heavier trigger pull and most mm-hmm. students tend to shoot higher with a 22 revolver because they tend to over overcompensate and squeeze the grip and they heal it. So that's how I like to start. And then after that, I eventually, because I get a whole, the whole gambit of students. I get students that have no guns and I provide them. Or, oh, are you there? Okay. Or, I get students that um, have no clue and um, they, or, or they, they buy a gun for the first time and they bring their gun. So I have to make sure that they know what they're doing with their gun and their gun is functional. Also, that's another thing. You have to make sure the gun they bring is functional. Like granddad's, you know, guns from like you know, eight to nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they blow up in their face. Like, oh, God, this sucks. So, um, so, so, yeah, so what I do is I go over the basic stance, grip, saddle, alignment, trigger press. Um, I typically tend to use the isosceles stance, similar to the NRA does, because like I said, I teach both NRA and not NRA, um, like Alpha Alpha talked about. But on the uh, Alpha, the, I'm sorry, the isosceles stance tends to be the easiest stance to teach in the beginning. And when they come back for more, that's when I'll start to teach the, you know, the more tactical stance with their support foot forward, the strong foot slightly to the rear. And the analogy I use there is imagine you're pushing your car that's stalled. Then they get it. Or if you're a karate stance, a martial arts stance, then they get it. Then I tell them, well, you can use that stance for every firearm platform. Not only handgun, but rifle, shotgun, submachine gun, and you, you relate the known to the unknown. That's the key, especially with brand new students. And with um, advanced students, uh, you, you want to let them know that, remember, that you might be SWAT, and you might have done this for a long time, but you are a perpetual student. And me, as a, I, as a range master, and I've done this for a long time, uh, when I go to the IO student, I always learn something new. And and, right. and that's the thing. And that's the thing is when it comes to the advanced student, they have to indicate to them, remember, you're a perpetual student and you're going to learn something new from someone that you might have not known before. So you always have to be open-minded. Always have to be open-minded. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, Alpha, before I... I throw this question at you about the beginner and their expectations that they will have with you. I don't know about you, but when Kilo talked about squeeze, I wasn't thinking about a spray bottle. I was thinking squeeze might be something else. <laughs> but that's just me. I'm, I might be, I think I'm the oldest one well, in the look, room. So I have, I have, look, I have my, I, I do gripping workouts. So I have my gripper and I have my little grip, grip meter. Here, Handy. So when he was saying squeeze, this is what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see what I mean? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and P.S. I, I I I take a lot of pride on my on my on my grip strength just because I read I, I just read that it has to do with uh, longevity. So so I've been obsessed now with. <laughs> With grippers hanging from the pull-up bar for two minutes. I bought the grip thing. Now, you know, yeah, I become yeah. a little bit nutty about things like that. <laughs> now, see how we can get off, off of subject? Oh. We we talk about squeeze, <laughs> and it means different things to well, different that, that's people. That's a Led Zeppelin song, no? There was a Led Zeppelin, <laughs> uh, the Lemon song. 
Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I go that goes that goes way back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm a new beginner and I'm in Alpha Alpha. I'm in your class. What what should I? Okay, expect? so so a I took notes because I am also a professional student. So I I am I am going to change my 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 nomenclature. I'm going to start using press because even in my mind I I yeah. I, I've always thought well squeeze how whatever, but that's the terminology. But you're exactly uh, uh, right. You know, right. It, it is it is a, a, pr a press. So anyway, so I'm, I have my little smart book here. So I take <laughs> I take notes. I always carry. I take notes everywhere I go. So <laughs> Me so, too. <laughs> so so very very similar in in terms of uh, you know the 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 approach. I am I am also a big fan of of the 22 uh, as the starter gun and. Most of my students do not have guns, so I provide I provide the firearm, and I have I have an assortment. I stick with semi-autos. I use a, uh, I, I really like the Glock 44 just because most people end up you know a lot of people end up getting the 17 or the 23, and and it aligns well with that. But I have a a, a pretty wider range, you know uh, the the Rugers. I even just got a, a a PPK. You talked about the Walther, a PPKS uh, 22, just. To have a variety, and I found that um, that not you know no, not all guns are designed for all shooters. Uh, I've once I see that folks start having problem with one model, and it also also kind of highlights right some of the differences between one gun and the other as they're shooting, and and, and it's also part of the educational process. Uh, and I provide I provide the uh, um, the ammunition as well, although. Up until the last class, but next class I gotta start charging for each. Mm -hmm. Twenty-two ammo is expensive, oh, yes. uh, and I have been providing it. Uh, I didn't anticipate that some people would need a couple of hundred rounds to qualify, and <laughs> <laughs> because it's through the NRA oh, wow. qualification, the four the four four inch circles yeah. at yeah. at the, at nine feet, at ten feet, and um, and uh, I've. I've I've been surprised. I've I've been su I've been su surprised uh, uh, on a couple of occasions, uh, mostly in my wallet. But anyway, uh, that's the story. So so um, so same approach. I I, I believe in the uh, isosceles uh, 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 triangle uh, or the isosceles stance. Um, good fundamental, very easy to describe, and especially, you know, I was taught that the the the, the you use the weaver. For close range, I mean, this is way back when the weaver, oh, right, right. the modified weaver at that medium, and then the isosceles was more. But I think that as a fundamental kind of getting folks on target and and controllability, uh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, you know the ideal the ideal stance uh, to start the uh, the beginners. You know the way the way that I start, I have um, uh, also uh, rubber guns, training guns. Yes. So so I I, I kind of start my classes, um, you know. Just like I said, very informally, and and I, I use a lot of analogies too, and from the unknown to the known. So using that that tennis ball example, you know, they can all they can all relate, but now they're relating first person, right? Because they just all threw the ball, and I said, okay, mm -hmm. how many of you actually aimed when you threw the tennis ball at at at, at your partner? You didn't. Now. I think if I put some stress on you and start screaming at you and told you to throw it, and if you didn't hit it, you're going to have to pay me a thousand dollars. Your mind, your mind is going to take over, and you might even miss. Versus without even thinking about it, you just you just tossed it. So it goes back to the martial arts, going back to the the mindset of the beginner, right? Going back to that white belt mindset, right? Going full circle. Um, 
so the way that I that I structure structure the class is again, you know, a, a very relaxed, kind of friendly. I, I want to demystify uh, the uh, the the whole gun thing, right? A lot of people don't know what to expect, and and I start with the basic fundamental building blocks. So I do the description. I have a rubber version of all the guns I talk about. I have for the most part they're parallel. In, in life, so for example, I have a, a rubber Glock, I have a real Glock, I have a rubber uh, Beretta 92. Uh, so and that's and I make sure that I have each one right. So I have striker fire, double action, single action, and the same in the rubber. And then with the revolvers, and I kind of go go through that uh, exercise. I do a lot of hands-on once first with the rubber guns. And then with the uh, with the real guns, uh, we define the parameters of the class. Uh, let me pause for a second. One of the things that I constantly harp on, and in the NRA training they do as well, is you know you know the three basics. I add a fourth, um, you know, which is you know don't point at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. Keep your finger uh, off the trigger until ready to shoot. And then this lat this third one, I always say with an asterisk. I say, you know, don't load your gun until ready to use with an asterisk. When you're carrying for self-defense, the gun is in use. It's not active. I, I, I equate it to a, to a house alarm or a car alarm. You've turned it on. It's not chirping, but it's in use. So it necessarily use doesn't mean that you're going to pull the trick at that moment. However, it means you're carrying it on duty if you're in law enforcement. So, and the other one, which is, I don't even call it one of the three. It's the overarching uh, is always know the status of your gun, right? So I call it the policy and procedure. So the policy is always know the status of your gun. The procedure is don't point at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot and don't load your gun until ready to use. I constantly harp on that. Even if it's the rubber gun, and I and you know you you the way you lead is the way the folks see. So I maintain trigger discipline with the rubber guns. I define the hot part of the room, and we maintain that discipline throughout the training. So it it it, it gives the student you know the the I call it the guardrails or the parameters of how we're operating in the classroom. Cause when we transition, and I use an outdoor range that I book, it's a private range just for us. It's us. I don't have any other eyes there. It's me, my assistant, and the students. So, so I need them to be squared away and practice. And again, you know, part of it because it is a passion project for now. Um, I tell people right off the bat, I will, I will refund your money before I'll sign off on somebody that that is not safe Absolutely. and qualify. I said, I, I'm, I tell them. It's even even if I was doing it for the money, I I do believe in the, in in two A in the Second Amendment, and part of my mission in terms of what I'm doing is to create safe shooters that are going to make it safe for themselves, safe for all of us, and they're going to help uh, 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 you know protect our right right because if what well, you last thing we want is some knucklehead doing something stupid with a gun and they oh. I mean the finger pointing. So, mm -hmm. so, so what you can expect in my class is basically what you heard. What you heard now, and I and I am very transparent. The way you know I, I express myself is the way I express myself, and I and I tell them that I, I I'm doing this also for selfish reasons, selfish from the standpoint. Um, and and again, it's 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 well received, 
and it kind of lowers it. I almost it it almost lowers the uh, uh, the apprehension because now they kind of have a, a, a viewpoint where I'm coming from, where we're coming from, and at the same time, I think uh, and I've gotten the feedback that the ability to first handle those rubber guns or plastic training guns is 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 huge is significant they don't have to, they're not worrying about the weight they're not worrying about so now they can just focus on the thing and they're and they're and they're training guns right although have to treat them the same way um you know i mean for, for the most part you know that's the classroom experience and we go through the full you know the breakdown on the uh on the uh on the ammunition the four components the firing sequence uh, you know Getting into a little bit more of the detail, and then from a practical standpoint, the one thing that that I'll do, but I touch lightly on, is you know uh, within the curriculum, you know, bench rest shooting for a, for a handgun right, right. is good, but I think I think it it burns up uh, uh, more time, and then and then the second part of, of the training is where we go where we go live, and and again, very very controlled. I start them off with no ammunition. Just with a, a live firearm, and and a very prescribed set of drills, and I always explain what we're gonna do. You know, I call it name, explain, demonstrate, and then construct practical work on. Which I got that from from the uh, from the drill instructor uh, uh, training. So I use the same language. You know, we're gonna name, explain, uh, have demonstrated, and then conduct practical work on on whatever it is I'm gonna do. So I have them pick up the gun, present the gun, get their sight alignment. I, there's a drill. There's a drill that I like uh, having folks do, and this goes more for sight usage. Is focus on the front sight, focus on the target, focus on the front sight, so you can so you can practice differentiating from the two, right? You know, uh, front sight focus, target focus, back back and forth, back and forth, and then we start with one round, um, and this forces a number of different things. A, it lim well, it limits the risk. You only have one round, right? It's even if they a bee lands on them and they, they turn, you know, they do some sort of of, of flagging until I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with them. And then uh, it also forces them and and reinforces the releasing of the magazine, the proper grounding of the gun, the loading. One thing I do that may be a little bit uh, 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 too much for some people is so I issue them all all uh, chamber flags. And I tell them every time, every time when you when when we're done, when you ground your gun, you're going to put the chamber flag in port side up mm -hmm. that we can see it. And I, I maintain that strict discipline. And I tell them when you go shooting, I said, I said more accidents are are uh, happen with uh, uh, quote unquote unloaded guns going back to that the I know I know guy uh, versus versus loaded guns, right? So right. so so that's kind of you know. Uh, 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 what, what you would get uh, uh, starting uh, off now. Once once we and lately I've been modifying. The, when I say modifying the class, depending on the on the learning tempo, uh, with smaller the learning tempo tends to be shorter. Is I have the NRA curriculum, and then once we qualify at the, with the with with the NRA requirements on those targets, then maybe we introduce silhouette targets um and different type now a little bit more almost a teaser into the intermediate right uh, especially and you know i'll go to something that you said about you know sometimes people show up with their own guns uh i always tell the the, the, the new folks if you have not bought a gun don't buy it until you take the class 
in, in, in my class, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot of different things. I had a class, and I, I'll just say this: I've, I've been very fortunate in that. On average, I have a, almost fifty percent female attendant uh, yes. in my class, yep. so which is, which is which is which is awesome. Um, I had a couple of females that had purchased a gun already, never used it, and um, they they couldn't they they just had a hard time uh, making it safe and 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 drawing back the slide. And I said, "No, oh, because my friend told me." And I said, "Understood. You can you can work on it, but realize this: that you bought something." That if somebody told you, okay, make it safe and grounded, you wouldn't be able to do it. Now you'd have to insert an empty magazine, pull the slide back. You'd have to go through all these extra steps, and that's not like what you want to do. You want to, you know, remove sources of uh, the the, uh, the the feed, lock your slide to the rear. I do a three point inspection: chamber, magazine well, and rear. And I always go through that uh, through that through that drill. I said you couldn't do it on your own. So so I always tell folks, if you don't have a gun. Wait, see how it feels, and then maybe make an. I know that uh, not again. I'm a Glock fan, but I'm open to all the different brands. I know the uh, SNW MMP now they've made uh, a new model that's geared, I guess, for, toward the not as strong or the or user. The easy, yes. The easy, right? So, so I'm curious to see how, how that uh, goes. They but anyway, great, by the way, they're great. Yeah, the, oh, the great. first they made it for the 380. Now they made it for the nine millimeter. Okay. Okay. I may have to buy, you know, buy one just so I could, you know, have it in my class. Yeah, they're very good. Now, now to be to be fair, this question's for Kilo Sierra. To be fair, when Alpha Alpha started talking about rubber <laughs> and um, hands on, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like disappeared into <laughs> squeeze land, but I came back. I came back because he kept on saying gun, but. <laughs> Some people might have to smoke a cigarette after they hear the podcast. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying the Range Master episode 272 in season five with myself, Alpha Mike, Kilo Sierra, and Alpha Alpha as we continue to talk about this subject in part two, which will air February 9th, 2020, and that would be episode 275. As always, continue to pray for yourself because without you, there's nothing. And test everything. Hold fast what is good. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.